Welcome to the family with Hackmaster, Ralph W. Bashman. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. AJ Fredrickson. Sitting in for Andy Barnard, and hopefully Alex will be around in her own good Some time. Some year. <laughs> also. You can go first, Kristen. <laughs> I guess so. Kristen Burt. And Timmy Lammers. Yay. Oh, look at him being polite. He's being all polite Gentle the door for you. Here we Such go. Such a rare event. <laughs> All right, so where do we start today's show? That's what I want to know. Well, I just want to thank uh, you and Catherine for uh, visiting Wavetown last week, and it was a wonderful time. Wavetown. I've never heard Waverly called Wave. And by the way, that wow. Mexican restaurant's ice cream is phenomenal. It oh, is. you went there. Oh, wow. Yes, I did. Fantastic. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Now, Patty did go there before. I didn't. So, she, you know, you kept asking me about the ice cream there and she says yeah it is pretty pretty awesome yeah they have this twinkie twinkie flavor twinkie (laughs) twinkie flavor it was so good (laughs) where else are you going to find twinkie flavored ice cream twinkie flavored ice cream waverly minnesota there you go i think you got to put that on a sign waverly the home of twinkie flavored ice cream (laughs) do you think you could have any nicer relatives and friends oh man i tell you i'm blessed i mean i told tommy in a text i mean that's part of the reason I'm still here. I mean, you know, I'm, it's just that, you know, great family. You, you met my mother-in-law, which was huge for oh, me. because she's great. She is basically my mom now. I mean, since I lost my mom, especially. Right. And, uh, right. You know, so wonderful. And, and, and Patty's got great sisters and uh, brother and cousins and, you know, and and then you met my cousins too, who are all big listeners, and they love that. So you me. taught them all how to how to download it. Uh, I would. Well, they should know, but it's Augie. Augie has to learn. Augie doesn't know anything like uh, anything about that though, so I have to teach him. I we think we should them. have uh, regional seminars. We should. This is how yeah, you're it's, it's, <laughs> uploading. You know, go to. Let's just say it here. Go to the Play Store. And, uh, you know, search the Tom Bernard show and just download, click download, man. It's really easy. It is really, step really by step easy. YouTube video would help. I think I have suggested that 20 times. I guess we'll just have to do our well, own. I'm not the one to suggest it too. That would be probably she, Amy. You and Amy could schmooze about it. I thought you were in charge of the world. I already told Amy. Yes. I'm in charge of the world. Don't forget that AJ. I'm in charge of the world. <laughs> I'll remember that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great advice. No, but I tell you what, uh, Timmy, that was a great day. We had a really nice time, uh, meeting all of your relatives and your friends and the sense of humor everybody had. Waverly's a great town anyway. I love that town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're a bunch of Irish fools out here, you know. <laughs> a bunch of Irish fools. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love that. But uh, um, it, it was my uh, old youngest daughter's graduation, and uh, that, that Tommy and Catherine came out for that. Lainey uh, yes. is her name. Very, and, very sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fun. And I tell you what, probably the guy that had the best time, Tom, was uh, my son Dalton, my oldest son, mm-hmm. who loved talking with you basically Kristen and ralph they were talking shit about me they were just standing there <laughs> talking shit about me and they That's kept true. looking at me with those like oh look at that idiot over there and they just kept talking and 
And I said, Dalton, what were you talking about? He says, well, we were talking shit about you. Oh, thanks. Thanks, son. Well, what's more Tom fun than trash talk? talk. Yeah. You're a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> You're a disaster. That means he but likes you. Found out we were in the uh, Knights of Columbus Hall, and uh, Dalton had a few jokes to tell. We won't repeat those for folks who may be offended, but uh, no, sure I know that you appreciated that humor, Tommy. Oh, it was great. The, 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 everything was really, really good. We had a really nice time. Not one jerk in the bunch, which was really nice. Yeah. Well, we didn't yeah. talk to everybody. There's I always did. one. Yeah, could have been some jerk. <laughs> but you did talk to me, and I'm a jerk. Well, yeah, there you go. That's the big difference yeah. right there. But anyway, yeah, thank you again. It was it was really cool. God, it must be 10, 15 uh, Eastern time. Uh... Listen, uh, somebody else has a rash. or a... <laughs> No, the rash is still happening, but it's a, a lot. And it's not still... a rash. I'd say it's hives. Uh, more well, than right. Anyway, I was cleaning a tiny child travel toilet to give to Andy because I had stored it in our basement and somehow it got filthy, even though I sanitized it and cleaned it before I stored it. Maybe someone used it while your back was turned. There was, <laughs> yeah, there was like the dust was like stuck onto the silicone thing and so i had to bake in soda and sanitize and you know how andy is weird with germs so i was like i need to make sure it is spotless and germless i put it through the dishwasher so i tried i um, think it would melt uh, or something okay. i don't know it's like a tiny travel Potty. toilet yes. for when you're yes i remember training. your children dropping trowel mm. in the middle of everywhere. parking lots everywhere <laughs> Potty training. Well, when you're potty it was training, pretty amazing. when you're potty training and you're in the car and they're like, I need to go potty, it's within 30 seconds. Yeah, you it is to pull over and make it happen. Yeah, make so it happen. Even to make a combination car seat, potty seat. Yeah. Or you push a button and a yeah. thing opens and it's a toilet. Yeah. Hey, That's you should invent that. Here. That's our ticket out That's like a litter box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like it. And it comes with bags that you can use for on the road. Oh, it's my. It's just really. Just like a litter box. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, children are kind of like puppies at that age. They <laughs> certainly are. Got to get them But up. everybody loves puppies, though. Everybody so loves that's a puppy. Good thing, right? And yeah, there you go. Everybody loves a puppy. I cannot imagine Ethan being ready to be potty trained. They're yet. trying to potty train him next weekend. He's, uh, we we'll just see. saw him on Saturday after Wait we Wait a minute, next weekend? Oh, we'll be back next then. Weekend. After weekend. Okay. After Lainey's graduation party, we went over to Andy's mm. for dinner, and um, yeah. Ethan was in a mood. He's now doing the throw yourself on the floor thing when you're displeased. <laughs> I still do that. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. you do. It just Kristen depends still on the day. That. And I mean, it just cracks me up. <laughs> Parents are like all in dismay. I'm like, but we've seen it all. This is nothing. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's every hilarious. Kid goes He's like, fine. He loves his tossing him. Oh, I'm so upset. Throwing himself down. It's the, the greatest. Drama is so good. It's so great. It's fantastic. He he loves drama. His <laughs> get him get him in, enrolled in drama school right away then oh it's hilarious that reminds me of the pontius Pilate uh, scene in uh, uh life of brian oh god uh, where <laughs> where, <laughs> where pontius Pilate uh is, is to tell john cleese throw him to the floor <laughs> and they throw him on the floor throw him to the floor yeah it's good stuff you know it's it's really fun i haven't seen that film in a long time 
but I know that John Cleese and John Cleese is really anti PC, anti cancel culture, right, anti everything. Right, he but is, yeah. He just seems to be coming out of the woodwork to defend that film and all these other Monty Python films because I would imagine that there are things oh. <laughs> that are going to offend the people these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Why? That was a different time. Everybody I settled know, down. I know. Just I move know. on. I think it just starts a conversation. Like if, if you were showing it to a film class, let's just say it's college level, okay? And you can explain like how things were culturally at that point. It starts a conversation of like, film history vernacular like all of those mm -hmm. things yep. that tie in together instead of just like we got to cancel this film right. yeah yeah I, I mean it's like they're trying to erase history and, and god forbid i mean if the day comes where they outlaw you watching blazing saddles or something like that i mean or mel brooks man talk about a button pusher that guy was but obviously a very smart button pusher and it was social commentary is what it was you know, That's so right. and we family. can all do better. Like next generation, do better. Right. But they don't want to. They don't want to do better. They do. They do not want to uh, hold a mirror up to the things we should see and the uh, problems that uh, we have. They just get because it offends anybody. It, you, the way any way you do it, it offends somebody. I thought That's Life ridiculous. of Brian was great. It was a parody on the the story of Jesus Christ. I thought it was the best thing in the world. I thought it was terrific myself, yeah. and Cheech and Chong, phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, but I mean, you're just rattling them off, just so many, and they're all classics too, by the way. I mean, Up in Smoke. I mean, and you're talking about Mel Brooks stuff. I mean, the producers. I mean, my God, he really mm -hmm. went there with that oh, one. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, yeah, and and the um, uh, Monty Python, yeah. Including Minnesota's own Terry Gilliam. Terry that's Gilliam, right. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He did all the graphics. That's true. Yeah. That first, that start the up in smoke. First scene in up in smoke, where uh, Cheech Marin comes out uh, oh, of his yeah, uh, of his East <laughs> apparently East LA home, out to his lowrider and just do dotes on it. It just it was it is such a great parody of uh, you know, of just you know life like that. And they were just showing a uh, giving you a window into what some of that life really was like. Nothing wrong with it. it just he was being silly about it. Here's what I don't like about it now. And to use, I mean, two geniuses, Tommy Chong and Richard Pryor. Yeah. Richard Pryor did an entire stand-up bit about uh, white people as compared to black people, particularly white men compared to black men. He said, the black man's like, hey, you know, blah, 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 and he went down that whole deal. And then he gets to the white guy and he goes, well, dear, would you love to have sex tonight? You don't? Oh, well, what the heck? See, can you do that now? Probably not. It's I too offensive. Still do that. Yeah. And or then say the, the name of that band, Tommy, that he was in. Remember? Teaching to oh was um, oh, Tommy Chong. No. Four blanks and a blank. Yeah. Well, yes, that's right. I mean, you can't even come near to saying that these days. What what bit was it? I can't remember. If it was in one of their movies or just one of their bits or whatever. Tommy Chong looks up and he goes, "Oh, look." A colored guy. <laughs> oh, no. When's the last time you heard that? My God. Oh. But it was funny back then. So now it's not funny because some people are upset. The woke are upset by that. Is that correct? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I reviewed this last week, but um, there was a film that came out this past weekend called No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. which was a throwback to those sorts of films. Uh, more, not necessarily Cheech and Chong or any of those. I mean, but the 
eighties sex teen sex porkies porkies oh yeah um maybe even american pie i mean when you think about that i think that was released in the late 90s so even oh, something about mary it has that oh, like yeah. edge to it yeah yeah so you did see it chris, chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you know and and shockingly i mean jennifer lawrence really went for it with that role and i i it wasn't a big it's not a big spoiler but she goes full frontal in the thing even i mean it's at night and it's sort of obscured, but I'm shocked that she did that. See, I'm shocked she did that movie because she could do any dramatic film that she wants. Mm-hmm. She obviously has done sci-fi too, but um, you know, one, one she's been nominated for how many Oscars? She won for Silver Linings Playbook. So all of a sudden, she's in this throwback comedy that's really, I guess you could say, edgy <laughs> more than edgy for for uh, uh, these the films that come out these days. Uh, it didn't. It did okay. I, I think first, this is a streaming movie. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it once it hits streaming, will it will have a cult following. It sounds like yeah, it. it. It probably will be. And, and you know, it's sort of weird. When I was watching this, and I said this during my review um, on Tommy's show last Friday, um, it feels like we've been conditioned now so much. I mean, the comedy has been so watered down over these years that when something shocking does happen, or when somebody like Jennifer Lawrence does something shocking, it's kind of like, oh my God, this is, this feels weird in a sort of way, you know? When when they and and I, I will not repeat it, but Jennifer Lawrence, in some interview I saw it, um, and this was an uncensored interview, uh, repeated one of the lines that was cut from the film, and I thought, oh my God, if they would have said that line, it would have been. Hollywood would have been on fire. Yeah. I mean, it was so incredibly offensive. And it was actually there. She actually said it. And they cut it. But she still said it. And she, you know what's great about Jennifer Lawrence is she doesn't care. That's She's what I uncensored, really unfiltered. That's yeah. why I'm not surprised she did the movie. Anyone who's followed her interviews and things like that, she goes on Bravo TV, watch what happens live, and is completely unfiltered there. And... So I'm not surprised she did the comedy, but I feel like right now America's not ready for it. You know, that's yeah, why I feel like streaming is probably where people will rediscover it. And maybe that genre will come back in movies. Well, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I mean, somebody had to open things up. Holly, sorry, Hollywood has always, you know, gone to the next level with, sh- you know, shock factor, what is acceptable in movies. You know, how much nudity, how much sex, how much swearing. Blah, blah, blah. And we've been in a very safe zone for a long time. So maybe the tide is turning where people are just like, okay, let's just move on from all of this. If you're one person's feelings are hurt from a movie, we have to stop the world, you know? Well, I, I hope so. And in fact, Jennifer Lawrence did an interview with Variety where she says it's impossible to make a comedy like this without offending somebody. No. So right, basically right. we found something that's going to offend everybody. Well, and if you're easily <laughs> offended, don't go. Just yeah, exactly. Don't and go. Honestly, don't give them your money. Because, you know, we have seen these films before. I wasn't offended in the least. Yes, I was shocked. And again, you know, when you're in a theater where there's only a couple, three people, it's sort of weird too. I think that's the sort of movie where you really do need a crowd to get into it because all of a sudden you feel like if I'm laughing at this and I'm alone, are they going to think I'm a 
perv or something. I mean, <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird a, feeling, you know? The universal lot with a bunch of entertainment reporters. So it was good to have a group there. Yeah. We could all you inappropriately laugh, laugh together. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. It, it's weird. Why should we even have to say that we're laughing at inappropriate stuff? This used to be this used to be stuff. You know, it wasn't inappropriate. It was right. just a comedy and uh in fact the directors who directed this film called good boys which i guess was another gross out comedy that i didn't see um said that it's rare to see an original hollywood comedy these days generally you're right Kristen. they go to like a streaming platform or whatever that's where they begin um just because they don't do that well and and certainly in a time where summertime is all about transformers or indiana jones or flat you know all big franchises and mission impossible i mean all films that have a built-in audience so to throw a comedy in there that is original is a really rare thing to do and again it, it came in fourth place made about 15 here 24.5 i think worldwide and the budget was 45 yeah. so the film won't lose money not like the flash what is 200 million loss i mean the business dropped 73 percent from the first to the second weekend and the first weekend was an underwhelming weekend so yeah i mean it's unbelievable million dollar production budget so it has to be yeah, and the fact that you had spider-verse which has been out for four weeks come out at the top of the box office over the last weekend that's insane that that happened um and you had elemental almost battling for first which was already in its second week so things are weird at the box office that is for sure it's and the weird. pixar movies the animated movies they all seem well spider-verse is different but the pixar stuff seems to have lost its shine now and remember that used to be a big deal yes when it was a big deal for millennials i'm not sure it's a big deal for gen z and i think that's one of the issues Yes. They've grown up with it, you know, on streaming. And you're like, oh, there's Disney Plus. I've got it all right there in front of me. And that's going to be the same for the alpha generation. Right. Yep. That's true. Do you think that most of the problems Hollywood has, like radio has, like local television has, is being caused by uh, the money-grubbing uh, people that, that will do anything for money? Well, I'll give you an example. Grease, the what is it? The pink, the rise of the pink ladies. Rise of the pink ladies. Yeah, that thing got what a bomb that one. That was one of those. Apparently, all these woke shows are just all these woke shows are just coming apart at the seams. And that's I barely got through the trailer of that. I haven't watched it. Honestly, I watched it. It's not woke. It. You know what it is? It's 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 a musical, and it really wasn't catered toward that audience. Um, you need to like cater toward your Glee audience, High School Musical, the musical, the series audience. They're the ones who are going to latch on to this. And Paramount, I, I mean, I look at that and that's the Yellowstone Network. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. Like, no, you're right. I, you, it probably would have done better on Netflix, probably would have done better on Disney+. Plus, and they got rid of it so fast that it's not even allowed to discover an audience now. Some people were like, I didn't even know it was on Paramount+. Plus. Oh. See, they, yeah. they just... It's already been yanked. It's available for purchase now if you want to, but it's not free any longer. They got a lot of different uh, ways to recoup their money. I mean, that that show, though, I mean, it's supposed to be a prequel to Greece, oh. and that's where it seemed out of sync for me. It, I think it, it had been after Greece if you had gone like 
a revival or maybe yeah. the kids of, of the pink ladies, something like that, that they still somehow exist in some universe. Mm. It might have been kind of fun to like update Greece in 2023. Well, this this was described as a woke show in uh, the national press. That's huh. why, why I came up with the woke show. Nobody's using woke unless they are right wing. Nobody. Really? So it has to be a right-wing newspaper. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch that kind yeah. of stuff. Nobody's using woke. Well, we will not why? Use because they're embarrassed? Sort of writing, they embarrassed? Unless we're making fun of woke. Answer my question. <laughs> because they're well, the ones who came up with no it. No matter the case, it couldn't have been any worse than Grease 2. Now, I turned that I, movie off in about five minutes. What, what a disappointment. That has a cool movie that one. That has a cult following. People are obsessed with Grease too. Ugh. Musical theater kids love Grease too. I've uh, seen Grease uh, probably three hundred times. I'm not kidding. Yes, I'm you not were kidding. obsessed with that. And I watched Grease two once, and I was like, "This is trash." And I oh, I couldn't get through the first number, the first <clears throat> musical number. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. 
and tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. And that was, I think that was Michelle Pfeiffer's, it was one of her early films. I thought mm-hmm. Scarface might have been her debut, but it might have been Grease too. But I think it was Grease too. Yeah, Grease it too. probably was. And, you know, so that's, the kind that was the in for me. I thought, okay, Michelle Pfeiffer, this should be decent. But honest to God, I couldn't get was through the first song. And was it Adrian's Med? I think was the <laughs> Danny. Ad- whatever happened to? I don't know, but that is like such a late seventies, early eighties kind of throwback. <laughs> well, complete opposite movie land. We watched Covenant last night by Guy Ritchie. I didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who knew? That's that. a brand new movie. Yeah, I hadn't seen it either. No, it's a war movie. I can't imagine Kristen would watch no, no. it. <laughs> Guy Ritchie is cranking stuff out. He's done. Before that, there was another one that was a total bomb. It's like he's not getting the theatrical support that I think he should be getting. Because he was married to Madonna. Before that, <laughs> what's that? I said, I can't believe he was oh, married, married to Madonna. Madonna. Yeah, they, they cut so him weird. Loose. No, but then there was a film before that with Jason Statham that I thought would do better. And and Josh Hartnett has been in a couple of those films. I don't think he was in The Covenant. But, J- J- you know, Guy Ritchie's a good filmmaker. So it is. How was mm-hmm. this film, Catherine and Tom? Well, the it was actually based on a true story, right? Mm-hmm. It was, yep. Yeah, and um, what's the name of the lead actor? Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he was really good. Phenomenal. Yeah, he Phenomenal. was really good. It's um, amazing how these films don't get traction. It really is. But again, original film in a time, because honestly, that thing came out maybe a couple months ago. So we're talking at the beginning of the summer movie season. They just can't get traction, you know, if they're, and it's not popcorn either. <laughs> you know, obviously based on true story, it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty hard hitting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some things are just more or less built for home video. I can't even say that anymore. Streaming or whatever. It's just they they play there better. I think there's a big effort now. I know, and Kristen, you could maybe chime in on this because I might not get all of it. But I know some of the studios, Warner's for sure, they're not doing any more original films on Max. They're doing all theatrical. So there's like a push to keep to put these films back into theaters when maybe, let's be honest, maybe some of them aren't theatrical quality. But is Paramount that way, too? I thought that there's there's been like a concerted effort by some studios. It's like we need that theater business again because that's mm-hmm. actually going to earn us the most money. It's, yeah, that's where the, the it's very lucrative for everyone involved, including the theater owners, of course. And so there uh-huh. is a push for theatrical. But the problem is, is that the audience is not coming back. They anticipate, I I just saw a study, they anticipate that by 2027, we will see um, the pre-pandemic box office numbers again. It's going to take a while, but it's going to be increased by ticket prices, not by the amount of people. Less people will actually go to the movie theater. Ticket prices will be higher, um, but it will generate a lot of cash. And that's why the studios are pushing for theatrical releases for their films. Now, hasn't AMC done that already, like a tiered, like if it's a more popular film, you they're actually going to charge more money. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, so it's kind of like surge pricing, I guess you could mm. say it like that. Um, and of course, if you get a lousy front row seat, you're going to have, you know, it's going to be less of a price, ticket price compared to like that prime seating right there in the center. And they're doing it through there. It was an A plus um, VIP, you know, movie club kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So you can register if you're in their VIP movie club, you're always going to get the ideal seating no matter what show you go and see because who's, you're paying them a monthly fee. Who's going to be the muscle to keep you out? I mean, that's people are just going to go into the good seats. I mean, that, yeah, and I think we talked about that. I mean, if it's a sold out show, but I, I haven't been to a sold out show since well before the pandemic, so I, I don't know what that would look like at this point. Yeah. And you just said there are going to be less people. There's going to be a charge, and if they ch- continue to charge more and more and more, there's going to be less and less people. I mean, it's supply demand, pretty simple. Yeah, I think so too. I I just don't see that. I don't know, sustaining that sort of program. I mean, I don't know if AMC is going to be doing it, let's say, for example, for Mission Impossible, because that is almost a guaranteed blockbuster this summer. Other films, obviously, The Flash, they had high hopes for that. We're going to find out this week with Indiana Jones. Um, But to me, the peak is coming with Mission Impossible. I can't really even see any films after that that are going to have that sort of audience. He's just like he did Top Gun last year, and that was the big winner. I mean, this movie is, it just looks so amazing. I'm going to see it this week, so I can tell you next week, but uh, um, no, you're not going to be in here next week. So, but <laughs> I'll text you. How about there that, Tommy? There you I'll go. I'll text all of you, group text, group text. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. It's can Tom you think of any other big films after, after Mission Impossible, Chris? Oppenheimer is right oh. after that. And the, the one thing about Oppenheimer is they've locked in for three weeks the IMAX theater, so... Mission Impossible only gets a nine-day run in IMAX, and then the three weeks exclusivity belongs to um, Oppenheimer, and Barbie movie also will get no IMAX run as well. Barbie. Mm, that's right. You see Barbie's going to be a big movie. That's going to be... Oh. I'm very it's going to be excited. your female audience this summer. And like, I never was into Barbies. I used to close their no. heads and doors and pop them off. Yeah. When I had Barbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This looks like so good. Thing. I wasn't a Barbie it, kid either. I had yeah. a dream house and it collected dust. Like I just was not yeah. the Barbie kid. I liked books instead. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this Barbie movie. Well, and it was it just so good. Yeah. It was just such a thing of your youth. You know, Barbies was just, you had your friends that were super mm-hmm. into Barbies and people, it was just such a big oh, deal. Oh. Yeah, oh. well, what about her her absolutely gross, distorted figure? Well, that's... They've changed they a have. lot of the shapes and sizes of the Barbie and her friends these days, yeah. so... Yes. Yeah. And they make fun of it in the movie, too, so that's the other oh. thing. Like, she takes off her shoes, and she still has the high heel. Yeah, the high heels. Right? And Which is, that's how Barbie is. Um, Do you guys yeah. know, this is actually true, that the, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Barbie in the Pink Shoes. I think the only person who probably see is Alex. The girl, the character Kristen, is actually named after me. Really? Oh, really? Oh. Yes. Yeah, so oh. I have a Barbie book, and it's spelled my spelling. Because I have an unusual spelling, but my friend took out the IP on my name when she was an IP lawyer for Mattel, and they wound up using it like five or six years later. Oh, funny! So, that's awesome. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so it's that's still cool. in the book. So I have the book. So I was Aww. like, "This is me." But the book, but you haven't. You don't have an actual Barbie. I don't have an actual Barbie, but, but like I have a Barbie. Book. Does the Barbie, Barbie in the book look like you at all or anything? It's blonde. Or? It's blonde. It wasn't uh, because my friend had left Mattel at that point, but she had taken the IP out of my name for a Barbie, and then they decided oh, to use cool. it because it was already f- cleared. 
So, um, but there is a movie, Barbie in the Pink Shoes, too. So oh, wow. go and watch that. I have to watch that. Yep. Um, the Covenant domestic box office was sixteen million nine hundred thirty-eight thousand. Oh. International oh, yeah. two million six hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, and it doesn't. Well, just, does it say what the budget is? Opening weekend domestic share theater counts. Where do I find that on this? Well, you know, there, there are two different sites I go to. Box Office Mojo is one, but there's another one called thenumbers.com, and it's d-numbers.com, and they often give the budget. But, you know, oh. that's the budget is one thing. I mean, you, you, I would love to see marketing costs thrown in there, too, so you can truly see how much a picture makes or well, loses. Well, that's true, because that's a ton, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the assumption, anyway, is that for, like, a Marvel movie or whatever, it's basically double your spend for production. So if yeah. it's a $200 million budget, it's $200 million marketing. Oh, $55 million for Covenant. Because... Oh, really? Oh, okay. wow. So it was a huge flop. Huge flop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you yeah. know, I think people should watch it because the story is very amazing. It's a great story. It's not just about the war. It's about two guys that had to go through a lot of hardship to get <clears throat> out of there. And the fact that America left so many um, Afghanistanans that were helping the U.S., there they just there's maybe at the end i think it said maybe over a thousand are still in hiding mm -hmm. over there because we did not honor yep. our agreements to get them oh. out yeah which is really a That's so sad really sad yeah, and people shouldn't forget that stuff well Kristen, you did mention oppenheimer yeah my god that is going to be and and you know what i i know there's been a big fight between crews and IMAX because only having nine days to show Mission Impossible and IMAX is going to make a difference for his bottom line. But the thing is, Christopher Nolan has been such a big proponent of IMAX for his whole career, as long as he's had clout anyway. So, I mean, let's say and let's face it, he's earned it. And, and that that movie will make a lot of money in IMAX because he. Use, uses IMAX cameras. I mean, his, his films definitely. It's it's a cut of a different cloth. That's for sure. I didn't know that yeah, was still Tom a Cruise thing. Tom Cruise pled his case too. They had a huge like fight. Oh, yeah. Tried yeah. really hard to get. It. He's like, how come? But they were like, nope. Our loyalty is to Chris Nolan. Yeah, that's right. How many that's IMAX right. theaters are there? Are there a ton of them? Four hundred and one in North America. That's not that many. And do they they I'm translate into the Sphere in Las Vegas? Oh, is that uh Well, the, the Sphere in Las Vegas is is the largest uh, video screen in the world, and they have internal uh, sound, smell, and everything. They're introducing into this I theater. Love this smell one, one, one of one of a kind place. You know, it's, it's so. I'm just wondering if if they're going to start showing these uh, blockbuster films or planning to show those blockbuster films in this sort of. Sur I mean, it is like above you everywhere. They're an individual, uh, like the one at the science uh, museum. Yeah, 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 that's that's a great example. And and um, sadly, it's gone. But the IMAX at the Minnesota Zoo yeah. has been shut for a few years. I yeah, mean, that, a yeah. long time. And that one was huge. Screen. I saw the Dark Knight there. 
which was oh yeah intense. i did too i did too yeah yeah, yeah. and like, again nolan at that point only shot the beginning in imax but to see and and you remember that alex that big screen yeah you know it's yeah, not only wide you. but tall yeah and there mean, was that whole screen was filled yeah with that bank robbery scene which mm -hmm. is an amazing scene but yeah that that was a great place to see a film and and again so that goes back well 13 15 years yeah, I was a senior in school. Somebody built one out by Rogers, too, and I don't think that's open anymore. I think that closed. Oh, oh the St. One in Michael? Yeah, St. Yeah, yeah. Michael. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That was a weird again. place to it put was... one. There was nobody out there back then when they built it. Yeah, Yeah, and that, that was shut down for about, oh, maybe five to ten years. Yeah. And then they, I don't know how, the, the city of St. Michael is somehow tied into it. Oh. But they've done something really wonderful with that. Um, they call it the Eiffel screen because if you go into the theater, it's like Moulin Rouge. It's like a Parisian village. I mean, it's really amazing. And um, they actually, what they did too that was smart was they converted one of those venues, one of those, I call it a venue because it's like a music venue, but they turned one of the theaters into a, a performance space for musicians. So they have a lot of tribute acts there. Actually, I saw Mick Sterling there. Oh, you uh, did? Okay. A couple months ago. And the sound's amazing. You know, you got theatrical seating. And that was so successful. Actually, it was sort of a, during the pandemic, they held concerts outside. Eventually, they built a stage to the right of the theater where they actually have larger acts come so that was smart thinking and you know for theaters who are struggling i mean you're thinking well it's a band it's going to be loud it's like do you realize how many speakers are around you when you're just in a regular theater it doesn't make a difference it's soundproof it'll hold the sound in so yeah one of those maybe two but at least one of those theaters was converted into a music venue and what a great idea that was and the, and the sphere in las vegas is exactly the same it, it, it is for cons it's a concert venue as oh, well wow. uh, u2 is going to open it in september oh so it's not even open yet no it's open it opens in september in time uh for the shakedown of the inaugural kind of concerts and then of course for the f1 race it's going to be the uh, showpiece of the race because they'll have, they have these giant graphics all over the outside of it, which will be flashing and changing for different cars. For you know, who knows how they're going to organize that? F one is the hottest thing right now, too. It is red hot, and it Vegas is red hot. Ryan Reynolds just bought a team. Ryan really? Reynolds purchased a team. He did. Yep. Yeah, along with Michael B. Jordan, I think Ryan uh, McElhenney and uh, another investor. They all collectively bought Alpine. Okay. No kidding. You know, Ryan Reynolds has a lot of irons in the fire. He has, uh, not doing a commercial for him, but he has Mint Mobile, mm -hmm. right? Mobile yep. company. Mint Mobile. Yep. Yep. I thought you said yes. Momo. I'm like, what's that? No, 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 Mint Momo. Mint Momo. Phenomenal. I just worked on a show, and he's my executive producer. I'll tell you more when it comes out, but he's got a whole huge deal with the network that I just did the show with. No kidding. Well, yeah, for sure. And then also he owns a soccer club or has part ownership in a soccer club. That's right. Oh, he's diversifying his portfolio. There you go. <laughs> and, oh, don't forget his aviation gin. That's right. Yes. I heard he's a really good guy, though. I've never talked to him, never met him, but he's I heard he's fun. a nice man. I talked to him one time when he was kind of a nobody, I guess. And at the time you're thinking, well, it was for the remake of The In-Laws, and I wanted Michael Douglas or Albert Brooks, and I got this 
guy Ryan Reynolds off of Van Wilder. You know, oh, so he wasn't really Wilder. big at all at the time, but a good guy then, certainly. But uh, it's kind of fun when these people go on to do some pretty amazing things like Deadpool. And But, you know, uh, I'm curious about Deadpool 3 because we talked about this a few yeah. weeks ago, Kristen, with this whole idea of uh, improvising lines and all that stuff and how that goes against Writers Guild rules and how that production could end up being... It could suck. <laughs> it they, could they suck. don't get this writer's strike solved. And we're at the point right now, there is zero production happening in Los Angeles. Zero TV, zero film. God. Major productions all been shut down. Wow. We've got, what, three days before we hear about a SAG strike. They may go a couple days over in negotiations. And SAG is saying, hey, we're getting closer. But from what we're hearing in truth, like behind the scenes, they're really far apart. And it looks like there will be a SAG strike, so which will shut everything down in north america well it's so it's streaming at the center of all of this like it is with the writers it is and it's the residuals for like the really popular shows you know why aren't we paying out at least higher you know do a tiered system you know if you're on a stranger things you should be getting more residuals because of the higher views and they're not they're getting like pennies on the dollar Wow. So they need to structure yeah. the residuals more like an advertiser when you do an ad uh, and more like that, where it just it rolls in based on how much it's shown or how, how much how many markets it's in and things like that. But the problem is with the streamers, they don't want to reveal how they're doing ratings. That's the thing. They don't want to know. They don't want you to know how many people are watching their TV shows. Well, Netflix was there. They're the prime example. They've never revealed anything. And even when they would they would rent entire theaters to, to qualify for Oscars. Um, they would never report their box office either. They don't want you to know anything. Why? And then the only thing is now, well, probably because the money they make, they don't want people to know because obviously <clears throat> there are people putting the work in that want a piece of that. Right, Kristen? I mean, that's got to be right. I mean, yeah. And right now they're trying to cancel all. Of you need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. And Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
of the big name deals that they did, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of noise around like Spotify and Netflix with Harry and Meghan, and they're blaming it on Harry and Meghan. And sure, should they have maybe cranked out a little bit more content? Yes. But really, it's the bottom line for the streamers. They're trying to get rid of these $100 million deals that they made with people. And you'll see other stars are getting their deals canceled as well. Those days are over. They want to like really like tighten up the ship and keep all the money for themselves and not give it to the talent the way they did a few years ago. Hmm. So I have a question for you. Who gives a rat's ass about Harry and Meghan? <laughs> a a lot of people. They are Why? money. They're, Meghan Markle just signed with William Morris Endeavor, which is like the top mm -hmm. agency here in Hollywood. They can make a ton of money off of her because they're going to pitch her as as like, a you know, as an author. She, I guarantee she's going to do a book and she'll do a book tour and maybe they will pitch a TV show and she can do lifestyle things. She can do a Martha Stewart, but in her lane, not Martha Stewart. She won't be decorating things like that. But in the Meghan Markle lane, she is worth a ton of money and people don't understand that because yeah. they're too caught up in the royal drama, which is like secondary to us having Prince Harry and Meghan Markle live in the United States. Really? There are plenty of brands that want to do business with that. Because I couldn't well, care less about Well, they one. can market anybody <laughs> that every got a word in there. That was close. people who know who they are. That's all they that's all they need. Are they, are they all, brand recognition? You've got a princess and a prince living in the United States. Yeah. And they're here in Hollywood. Hollywood knows that they can do deals with them because they're open to it and they're going to make money off of them. That's exactly what's going to happen. She and the, all they do is complain how, much, how big of victims they are. Is she the heir but apparent? They've done that. They can't do that anymore. Like that door is shut. So this is the rebranding of Harry and Meghan. You guys watch this because this is what the WME like signing was all about. It's rebranding them because they've already done the book. They've already done the Netflix series. They can't it's that's played out. We're all, we're all done with it. We heard it. It was interesting. And now we're done. Are they the heir apparent to the Kardashians? Are they going to be our new Kardashians? <laughs> well, God. Oh. I don't know if they will be. Um, I don't think anything will ever be as big as the Kardashians were five to 10 years ago because the Kardashians are on the, the downslide of their fame, too. They're never going away, unfortunately. But uh, we've, we've we're way past the peak of the Kardashians. But I do think that we will see an interest in what Harry and Meghan do. I don't think they're going to sell their kids out the way the Kardashians do, though. They've been very protective. Oh, don't count on it. <laughs> I think, Ralph, you're right. I think Harry's going to do a sex tape. Oh, <laughs> God. Hold me Nobody back. Nobody wants to Boy. see that, Tim. I promise you. We've already seen Harry <laughs> naked anyway. Remember he did his, like, naked streak through Vegas? We've already seen that. Oh, I didn't. Sorry, wasn't looking for it either. I didn't you even know what it. existed. You missed it. But yeah, I mean, even the here's the thing: like, Meghan and Harry have to find a way to stay relevant. They've signed with WME to do it. The royal family also has to find a way to stay relevant because guess what? They have thrived just as much on the royal drama as Meghan and Harry have. It's a two-sided event. You think the royals have thrived on this drama? Oh, they love it. They love it because they are selling the secrets to the British tabloids. They are in bed with them. And everyone is fighting and clawing their way because who's the biggest star? King Charles thinks he should be the biggest star. Camilla sold out Meghan. She sold all the stories about Meghan because Camilla is super tight with like Pierce Morgan and all of them. And then you have right now, Kate Middleton's the big superstar. Let's admit it. People care about like what she wears and what she does and how she dresses. And King Charles doesn't like that. But they all need each other collectively to stay relevant. 
because you've got anti-monikers yelling. And the other way they stay relevant is that has been that royal family drama. It's unbelievable. They're all equally the same. <laughs> yeah, see that 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 uh, uh, prince, uh, the oldest one. What is his name? William. William. No, see, this is how much I don't care about the <laughs> royal. Family. Yeah, you're like what? Um, William and Kate. <clears throat> I couldn't even tell you what. I've never heard her speak. I would. That's the whole thing. You you know Meghan Markle and Harry because it's blah 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 blah. Poor me, poor me, whatever. And then yes, I've heard William speak at times, whatever. But it's like you would think the key to all of this is just keep your mouth shut. I mean, and 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 these people they they can't get out of their own way. But again, it is strategy now. I mean, you're talking about them rebranding themselves. I, I don't know what are we going to see then a, a Harry and Meghan sitcom. I mean, what? I would, I'm no, they're developing stuff behind happen. the scenes because Megan's not going back to acting. She's done with that. So they're developing stuff behind the scenes. But I think the big push is to to have Megan probably do like a self-help type of book, like to model it after like a Michelle Obama, even though, again, Michelle has the credentials of first lady. <laughs> but I'm saying they're going to pitch her in sort of that avenue of like, then you can do the big book tour the way Oprah does. That's what they're going to do with her. And there is a if you're paying attention, Montecito has become like the super A-list bubble of where all these people live. The Obamas have a place up there. Ellen DeGeneres has a place up there. Rob Lowe has a place up there. They all kind of hang out together. They do podcasts and they do books and they make a lot of money that people pay for. Do you think that the royals have uh, uh, a writer who is doing scripted reality for them? So, so in the background, you know, maybe this, maybe the royals have just turned into a giant uh, reality TV show or reality system. Seriously, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. And so, I mean, I don't think that they have someone like writing um, reality for them, but I think that they make a lot of PR missteps. And I think that thinking they think like, oh, if I come out and say this, people are just going to side with me. But they have to realize on one side, you've got the British tabloids slamming Harry and Meghan. And on the flip side, the American uh, tabloids are siding with Harry and Meghan and slamming William and Kate. So everyone keeps on coming up with these new PR strategies and everyone's just stepping into the mess even greater than they already were. Who does TMZ slam? TMZ is more on... Uh, the royal side because TMZ usually sides with anything that Piers Morgan slides to them. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that makes Piers sense. There is, I mean, everybody's in bed with everyone and you can honestly, like if you watch something like um, right now, there's a bit, there's a lot of legal fights between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Brad Pitt's sources also known as his publicists are in bed with TMZ and Angelina Jolie's publicists are in bed with people. So then you watch um, you read the coverage of the same court case, you can see the two sides and then you got to sort of like come in the middle and see the truth. What are they battling about? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When, when is enough disaster. enough for these people? They are not officially. I mean, they have been declared legally single, but they have not cleared up the custody case, the child custody case. Mm. Um, they each have a fight over their Chateau Miraval. <laughs> And there is still an <laughs> Honey, ongoing case. Let's have a fight about our chateau. Well, oh, and he sold her share God. to a Russian oligarch. Um, okay. But all of this goes back. What? <laughs> you guys are so sad you asked me any of this today. Um, but I, I, I want to say all of this fighting goes back to that 2016 domestic violence incident on the plane that was the catalyst for their divorce. Um, 
if you read the FBI court papers, they recommended to the L.A. office that Brad Pitt be charged with domestic violence. And for some reason, the case was then swept under the rug and pushed aside. So Angie is like she's my friend. Angelina is um, <laughs> suing the FBI to find out why that uh, recommendation was changed, um, because if you read the court documents, what happened on that plane was awful, not just to Angelina, but also to two of her older kids. Well, how many children do they have? And aren't they almost old enough to be on their own by now? Um, there are six. The youngest are 14. And in California, they have the right to decide who they want to live with and whether they want to see the other parent. And none of the kids see Brad Pitt. So draw your own conclusions from that. Um, now, a little Minnesota trivia. I do believe that the plane did some sort of emergency landing in Minnesota. That is correct. Oh. That is correct. So we get dragged into this too. Minnesota just can't get the break, and they, yeah. our sports teams suck. And then we got this whole Angie. She's my pal too. Angie, <laughs> Angie yeah. our friend Angelina Angie. and Brad wow. mess going. But again, you hear the words "fight over their chateau" or whatever, and yeah. it comes down to the simple well, line: Why do people care? Yeah. I, I think the one thing is that Brad Pitt has got, has walked away from this relatively unscathed. If you read the court documents, uh, both the FBI's and Angelina's, you should be looking at Brad Pitt a little bit differently. You should be looking at him through a different lens. So what did he, he is do? Not I, called out I, I, for he, some of this. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. No what idea did he what do? He, did. Uh, he not only abused allegedly because he hasn't been convicted in court, but allegedly court abused word, Angelina. Allegedly, yes. Uh, but also his, their oldest son, Maddox, and one of their other kids um, were, who was not named because he was underage at the time. Um, but there were bruises. There was really? pouring of drinks over heads uh, while they're mid-flight, too. They're just on an um, airplane? But, the, but this, is on, this, is on a, this is on a private private. I, this is on a private jet. Just Verbal Delta. abuse. Delta yeah, code. Delta, yeah, Delta code. Spirit. Exactly. <laughs> Allegiance. <laughs> Pretty much in Spirit Airlines, but on a on a PJ on a private jet, and um, yeah. and the language that was thrown around, and uh, all while he was in an alcoholic rage, he is now sober. So hopefully that die. aspect of his life is. You know, you've been talking. There's been a couple articles. Or more uh, investigation, right? I mean, you say FBI. Uh, oh, the FBI was involved because uh, a lot of this happened in because it yeah. was intra oh. interstate. Federal airspace. So, um, and if you read the case, I mean, it's honestly really fascinating. New York Times did a deep dive on it. A couple other <clears throat> sites have done, like, why is Brad Pitt not being called out? Why is Hollywood just acting like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread when, you know, there's a little side eye on some of this. Um, so, hmm. definitely worth reading. The New York Times had the deep dive on the FBI papers and investigation. Mm. So you know what's it great about it? It was like last summer. Under the rug. It is pretty amazing because I haven't heard till right now, Kristen, I hadn't heard any of this. Yeah, it's unbelievable, honestly. And it's it's shocking to read on when if you read through the full, full court document, which I had to do for an article. It's pretty shocking. Wow. I, you would not want any kid to endure what they endured on that plane, according to what the FBI took from witness statements and according to Angie's testimony. Brad Pitt's going to tell you that he was method acting. He was rehearsing a part or something. I mean, I, you know, how the hell do you get out of this? I just don't understand that. I, I, I will read it now. And again, this is the sort of thing that it's 
beyond my realm of caring for, you know, you had to do it for an article, but I just don't know if that's the sort of thing that I would be interested in reading. I mean, uh, yeah, but it, it, when you hear the details like that, and also you hear that these details didn't come out far and wide in the media, that is suspicious, you know? Right, and it's also why did the L.A. office specifically brush aside the recommendations of the investigating FBI agent? I don't know. Oh. And that's where Angelina's suing. She's like, hey, like, where's the cover-up? Well, I think that it's been established that the FBI isn't exactly the greatest organization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, look at the USA Gymnastics case. They, yeah. they passed the buck on that for months and months, and you had... Yeah, hundreds of our gymnasts and young athletes being abused. Right. Disgusting. Yep. Well, I will say that if anybody has been painted something in this whole deal with Brad and Angelina, it's kind of like, let's make Angelina look crazy, it seems. The little that I've read about it. And you're right. Brad has been unscathed in this whole thing. So it well, is... Curious. And that happens, yeah, and oftentimes they weaponize, I hate to say this, but the, oftentimes the women get weaponized. If you look <clears> at the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard case, mm-hmm. Amber Heard's mental health, and uh, listen, the two of them together were toxic, and they were each equally to blame for a lot of things, but Amber Heard's mental health was weaponized against her in the case because Johnny Depp had really expensive lawyers who had, you know, crisis teams and PR teams that are able to get that side of the story out. Yeah. Thanks. A lot of it has to do with how much money you've got. Yeah. Really yep. true. Yep. What a world. Mm-hmm. What That's a all world. I have to say what is world. what a world. You know, I was sitting back listening to all this whole deal, <clears throat> and you went to this person, that person, this person. Apparently, no matter how much money you got and how much talent you have, you're never going to be happy, unfortunately. Well, well yeah, it's, it's that old line, wins enough, enough. And the links that people will go to to make that money. And you'll never be a nice person either. No, they'll never be a nice person. You know, you were talking about Montecito in there and all the rest of it, and you mentioned the Obamas. Every time I hear the name Obama now, all I think of is his wife complaining about how much she hates America. One time she said she was happy to live in America. This is a woman who has, what now, five houses, and I think altogether they're worth about $200 million, and all she does is complain about America and how much it sucks. I don't get it. Oh, I don't think she does anymore. Oh, she still does. does she, she just did again, yeah. I, oh. Yeah, I don't hear that out of her, but... Yeah, well, she does. I There's guess no I doubt about don't it. really follow her anyway. In your no, opinion. I, it's not in my opinion. I actually do research before I talk. <laughs> oh! Now, I have but a question. I'm not interpreting her words as I hate America. No, she uh, said you know, it flat I'm out. I hate America. She was quoted as saying, I hate America. She said, this is the first time I have ever been happy to call myself an American. She actually said that. That's crazy. You can look it up. Yeah, so when, do your research. When, ah. Yeah, when her husband won the presidency, she did say that. I remember that. And that was quite when, shocking. For Well, that was a long time ago. What doesn't matter? I, I was happy yeah, to be she, an American the day I was born. Well, she, has, she hasn't <laughs> exactly lived that down. That's, that has stuck with a lot Good. of people. And it should. Well, that's different than saying, I hate America. Well, she did that. Look, I don't, whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want to see what she says if she someday decides to run for president because she could get in there and she could. Uh, oh yeah, win a lot. She could win. Oh, a lot of women she love won't. her. She hated her time in the White House. 
She, she's talked about that. She, it was tough. More things she hated. What a shock. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Wait, wait, wait. You try and be a black woman in the United States the first, and be the first in the White House. That's tough. But that's a good thing, well, isn't it? The- it's a great thing, but also remember the hate that's going to get lodged at you. Well, we all get that. If you if you you have a name, some people are going to hate your guts. That's well, just how but it it's is. More- they were particularly awful to her. I mean, I've seen. I've written articles about Michelle Obama. A lot of I've seen. Wait, I've seen the disgusting racist things underneath my tweets. If I tweeted out an article about writing about Michelle Obama, it's disgusting. Really? And it's not the same if I write about Laura Bush or Jill Biden or Melania Trump. They don't get the same vitriol that Michelle Obama gets. And she gets it purely because of the color of her skin. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, I forget how pe- some people really still care Yeah, about skin color. Yes. Really care about it. 200 yeah. years before slavery leaves a culture. 200 years. There you go. That's that's what I learned. So we're coming up on 150, so that's 150. We got 50 more to try to get 50 more to go. Get all all that out of it. I'll be 122. That'll be great. (laughs) That'll be it. That'll be wonderful. You'll be thrilled. Just to get get rid of social media because it is nothing but it's destroying the world. Promote your stuff, but apart from that, I've never seen any value in it. You're so right, except for to market our podcast. Well, that too. Yeah, I forgot about dog videos, cat videos. Yes, squirrel videos. Hello. Yeah. All the good stuff. Hilarious child yeah, videos. Yeah, and I follow Basset Hound pages on Facebook and stuff like in Great Pyrenees pages. I love that. I love it. It's happy stuff. But for the most part, I mean, I've never given my opinion on something ever because somebody you will never, ever win an argument on Twitter. No, no. not too much on Facebook. I, I haven't encountered that, but I just tried it. A couple times in my early days, uh, and when I joined Twitter in 2009, um, and it's just such of a hateful platform. I mean, when you get apart, apart from the promotional aspects, apart from the cute cat videos and the dog videos and all that sort of stuff, it, it is. is not good. I mean, oh, and you're you're citing great examples there, Kristen, about how people respond to stories you wrote about Michelle Obama. It's just a perfect example of how much hatred is out there. It is. And it's it's awful. And we're now at a point Elon Musk Twitter is such a mess, to be honest, because I've had to like report certain tweets because I'm like, this is disgusting. They do nothing. They're like, nope, that's free speech. They're good. I'm like, okay, but that is a problem. (laughs) I'm like that unless someone is seriously like at your door and saying they're going to kill you. They're, they do nothing. Well, they used to really take care of it. They just don't anymore. Well, I don't know. That's one of the reasons why I left Facebook is because we were, you know, um, there was a group that was very anti-Tom and anti-me and anti-everybody. And I kept reporting them and they were like, there's no problem. There's no problem here. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, Facebook is, uh, they're all, all like. They're all toxic. And they the, really are. And that's, they are. And that's, they a, are. that's a problem with trying to. Uh, trying to uh, censor any kind of medium. You got it. Because, you know, there's always, there's always going to be allegations or there may be reality in that you're censoring only one thought process, mm-hmm. only one kind of speech. Only, and it's it, either way. That's it. And surely absolute violence, you know, degradation of people, racism, anti-Semitism, anything like that, you know, or bigotry. Yeah, it should be. But you, but... It, it just bizarre. You just can't do it. And there's no electronic way to do it easily. 
or at all. So, you know, you it, it just it's it's a faulted system and it should just be flushed. So. I, I hope e- Elon flushes fa- um, Twitter. And he could take a forty billion dollar write off, right? Yep. Is that how much he paid for it? Forty four billion. I think he's. I think he's trying to make it more for like you know if you like somebody's stuff, you subscribe to it. And I think he's trying to do these communities where people talk you know talk about a topic. I, it, I think he's trying to do something with it. We'll see how successful he is. Yeah, I don't know. People claim it's gotten worse since he bought it. I just think it's always been worse. Yeah, and it, and there was a turning point though. I think it was fun at the beginning for me anyway. And I don't even know when it started. But again, I how long have you been on it, uh, Kristen or, or Catherine or anybody else is on it? I don't know. It, a while. I think nine is when I got yeah, on. Yeah, same with me too. And it was again. You, I think you found out right away. It is very useful to promote. It's a great promotional tool. That's why I didn't get this whole thing with, you know, entire news networks are saying, well, we're quitting Twitter. Are you crazy? I mean, you, if you use it for the right things, it can yeah. be a powerful promotional tool. Even celebrities. Like, I think Elton John said he was quitting. Are you crazy, Elton? Come on, man. That's a, you, that's a great platform for you. How many millions of followers does he have on, that you can reach with a tweet? So, I mean, there are definite advantages to it. And, and I, again, I only use it for that one thing, which is to promote. Customer um, service. It's great for customer service. If somebody, somebody needs oh, help with a product, yeah. it's amazing yeah. if you complain on it. Isn't uh, that amazing? You could, you could call all day, yep. but you could send a tweet. And yep. Boy, they're right on that, aren't they? Yep. I've done that on hold. I make a tweet, and I've got a response in two seconds, and I've been on hold for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing that is gonna do it for another tuesday my goodness <laughs> time be flying brangelina well, <laughs> so many thanks there so you many yeah thanks. that's angie to you kristen <laughs> exactly. angie to me like she's my friend <laughs> so nice <laughs> besties oh we are besties oh well everybody have a great couple of weeks tommy uh, yeah, i will yeah. see you on great july yeah i'll talk to you on thursday sounds good Thursday. All Sounds right. Good. Bye. Kristen, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.